Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the Gargoyle. And joining me once again are Kevin and Jennifer Sluter. Say hello, guys. Hello. hello. How's everybody doing? Yeah, excited to be here. Thanks for having us on, Nathan. Oh, yeah, totally. I am so excited to have you all back. Um, it was a lot of fun to talk to you. When was that? Like two or three months ago? Talking about Heartless? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a blast. Went next level with that. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Took a, what, seven minute short and turned it into a almost two hour podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's two and a half minutes, but yeah, it was about two hours of discussion. <laughs> I shudder to think what uh, what this is going to be because we're talking about kind of like seven or eight movies. We got a. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's like speed dating movie style. It's just like we fly through them and, uh, and do our best. No, we will not fly through them. We will spend hours and hours diving into them. I, I got nothing else to do today. Um, so tonight is night 29 in 60 Days of Halloween, which that is just a whole lot of days of Halloween. I, I don't know how I'm yes, it. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Bravo, man. God, I, I guess bravo. It's more like masochisto, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Especially with a kid, like we, I, I started um, my entire Halloween coverage with my fear of being a new father, and wow. then for the last month, every single night, just I have to podcast. Please don't leave me. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, Jess is awesome. Um, yeah. So tonight is night twenty nine of six days of Halloween, and it's the analysis episode of your fears. Um, Jennifer, your fear was child in peril, and Kevin, yours was fear of being powerless, trapped. Um, and the movies for the week, in case people didn't listen to, uh, to any of the reviews, uh, we started out with a host because, um, Jennifer, before I wake, um, that one was all, was also on Eric's list of, uh, fear of losing a child. And unfortunately, Eric's not going to be able to make it tonight. Maybe if he can escape for a little bit, he'll, uh, he'll join in halfway through. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, uh, the host before I wake the shining hush um silent house the descent aliens tigers are not afraid and then eric and i went ahead and did sequence break just as a uh, a bridge between yeah because uh because graham's up uh next week so oh sweet that's great yeah, yeah so we get to focus on graham going insane which is a lot of fun yeah yeah oh. what is it going to be in the mouth of madness that was uh one yeah. of them I'm sure yeah yeah, yeah uh, he's th- an encyclopedia of uh of horror film knowledge that's gonna be a lot of fun <laughs> he he is a blast um talk circles around me it's incredible <laughs> no, he i just, had a podcast with mercer and, uh, and skipper there and i was just trying to keep up it was incredible <laughs> <laughs> that's when you just start going off the rails and like saying things that have nothing to do with anything because <laughs> uh, yeah, we just start talking about rom-coms and try to stop them yeah exactly it <laughs> totally works well what i want to talk about is how to lose a guy in 10 days <laughs> 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 Yeah, really. They turned it into a horror movie. <laughs> rom coms are totally horror movies. Um, yeah, really. You got stalkers. You got like, you right? know, how can you leave me alone? And we're like, oh no, it's just they're not getting along. And no, he's stalking you. You need to, <laughs> you to understand. He's obsessive, impulsive. This is driving me crazy. Yeah. Uh, one year, I want to do like uh, genres that are obviously not horror movies that are totally horror movies. So like <laughs> rom coms and Disney movies and oh. Um, God. Disney for sure. It's yeah. like the, the parents are always dead and they're yeah. all just like, oh, God, Bambi's a horror movie. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. 
right? <laughs> Lion King's a horror movie. It's, oh, um, they, every single one of them involves death and like witchcraft and monsters and boogeymen. It's, yeah. Yeah. Totally horror movies. Uh, all right. So, yeah, we have a lot of movies that we're going to dive into. Um, and Eric and I already did the reviews. So, we don't have to spend quite as much time talking about like the movie itself, but more about like why that movie, like why. Um, why does it bring out the fear that it does? But I want to start with just like, why are those your fears? Why did you pick them as, all right, I'm going to spend, you know, half a week on, on movies devoted to my fear. Why? Sure. Uh, yeah, I guess I've, I've always had that thing. It's like I got a little bit of um, uh, claustrophobia. It's, like, it's not like major, but like sometimes on an elevator, I just got to like stare at the ground if it's really crowded or whatever. So it, it's just... Having, having no options. It's always been a thing where when I had no options, we just, I would always get kind of, uh, anxiety ridden or whatever. So, uh, and, and my favorite horror film of all time, you saw it on Facebook today, is The Descent. And I watched it last night. Oh my God, that movie um, is so amazing. I know. So basically, I, I framed the discussion of the films this week. Uh, I was like, okay, I want to talk about The Descent. What are two other ones that <laughs> illustrate, you know, characters that are trapped? And then I wanted to do, Kind of, I didn't want to do typical ones, so I did a couple that maybe people don't know as well. Maybe people mm-hmm. know Hush, but a lot of people don't even know about Silent House. So I was like, let me throw those out there because uh, I like both those films. Uh, but yeah, it was just a, a fear that's been with me for a long time and, and just never, I don't like being confined. I would never, ever go deep sea diving. You sure. could have just usually had like a, a shark and drowning fear thing. I have so many fears, I could just list them all out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we could have done Jaws and 47 meters down in open water and had, you know, uh, equally fun conversation. But yeah, those, uh, those you know, are also and, great but, movies, so totally. But yeah, and, and it's like, it, but it's the same thing. It's just like not having options. And I feel like if I was deep sea diving, you know, I don't have options. It's <laughs> like, learn how to breathe and do it correctly or or you know you got all these problems going to surface too fast it's just it's so life-threatening and i just i don't know I, it's just something where uh, I'm, I'm very much a, a pattern person and i like to do the same thing and, and uh you know so i guess that's a that's a really long a convoluted answer but uh yeah it's just something that's always been with me and and uh, the descent really just rocks my world in that way because yeah. i would never ever Ever. I don't even go out in nature, but if I did go out in nature, I live in the middle of Los Angeles for a reason. Uh, I, I, there is no nature for miles. Sometimes I run in nature, sometimes, but that's about as close. Then I'll see a coyote, and I'm like, what, what am I doing out here? Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, it's just never been something that really drove my engine as far as uh, like getting out in nature. And I would definitely never dive into a cave because that's what's going to happen. Dive into a cave, there's going to be these creepy monsters. And you're going to be scrambling for your life. And why didn't you just stay home and watch football? It's just, those are just things where, you know, it's a logical, it's a logical extension of my own personality that I just don't like the, the going out and having these, you know, adventures and feeling trapped. But the, just the, the whole, you know, the, the movies I like because, you know, oftentimes we can get limited by our own uh, psychological or, or physical issues and and both of those yet the descent is about you know grief and despair and they're taking this trip to to help her through that you have Sala house which is a childhood tragedy in the way it traps you mentally and then hush was a physical liability that that made made for the suspense you know yeah. she wasn't yeah. deaf you know uh a lot of those scenes just don't work um so I, I just wanted to kind of tie those all together with the just the 
um, not having the uh, capability of handling the things before you, but still, in the end, all three of these characters uh, found the street to at least get to some, you know, resolution. Sometimes more more powerful than the others. Well, so and that's what I love about the uh, the movies that you chose, um, including your palate cleanser of Tigers Are Not Afraid, is yeah. most of them also include the fear that you talked about uh, when we did talk at Chat Film Fest of fear of losing a loved one, you know, fear yeah. of, of losing Jen. And so, like, yeah, like they all have some level of loss, which they, they all have loss that kicks things off, which then make being trapped so much worse, I, I yeah. think. Yeah, because you're you're alone, and even though there was it was like nine or eight, eight, seven, eight women who who went on that that spelunking uh, adventure, you know, you, you're you're alone down there uh, often, um, especially the main character in the you know final parts. Um, yeah, just that feeling of being alone and not having people around, and, and it, yeah, it does tie into that when when you lose that person you're closest to, and and are you half the person you were before? Are you able to do, um, you know? Uh, what you were able to do before, and can you come back from it? Um, you know, those are all like palpable fears. <laughs> Once again, we could have done that one too. Uh, yeah, we could have done like three, four movies on on that front as well. But uh, yeah, but it, they all do kind of tie together. And, and Tigers Are Not Afraid is a great, you know, child in peril um, uh, horror film as well. But th- there is there is a, a oddly a sense of hope at the end of that movie that that I think is very palpable and and. I do like that uh, about it a lot. I thought it's just an absolutely beautiful movie. So I was like, that would be what I would watch to make <laughs> me feel because the descent creeps me out so bad. But Tigers <laughs> are not afraid is so sad. It's just it is, man. Oh, it God. is. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, but the, the the power that these kids had to and that that ending is just I don't want to give anything away, but it's just I don't know. I I I, I just found such strength in um, the fact that they were able to go through this situation and all the the peril that was in it it was just really terrifying um but i don't know i i, I felt the power of the kids in that and, and kids are are strong to go through a lot of things that kids go through in this world yeah well uh don't worry too much about spoilers because this episode um is going to be very spoiler heavy so for okay. anyone who's listening like we're going to be diving into the films and like talking through them and to really explain like how the film matches your fear it's almost impossible to not talk about the end. So like that, that's part of why Eric and I do the reviews leading up to it is so that if you've never seen it, here's a spoiler free. This is why you should watch it. Mostly one or two that we don't entirely agree on. Um, (laughs) And then when we get to the analysis, it's just like, all right, you've already watched these movies. Now be part of the discussion. Uh, What Jennifer, what about you? Like why, why child in peril? Yeah, well, actually, I was chatting with Kevin about that last night. I was trying to figure out why that is just so terrifying to me. And I think part of it is that, you know, I dedicated my life to helping children as a pediatrician, you know. And, um, I mean, you're a father. Like, how old is your son now? Um, two months, two a little months? over two months. Okay, yeah. yeah. And so, as a pediatrician, I have all these kids coming to me for help. Uh, or just to help them stay healthy, but also to help them when they're ill. And, you know... For the first year of life, they're completely and utterly dependent upon the parents. And even after that, of course, as well. But they're just these little tiny humans that are just these beautiful, wonderful, kind creations. And just to think about anything that would want to harm that is just terrifying to me. And so uh, what I really love about the, the movies that I chose is that it's really cathartic to see, you know, a person who is 
you know, so innocent and um, doesn't even really know that much about how the world works is able to figure out how to overcome these terrible evils and, and trick the, the, the aliens and, and find a way to hide and, and to trick, you know, um, Jack Torrance and find a way to get out of that. And uh, so I, I just really think it's, it's cathartic for me to see a kid overcome tremendous evil. <laughs> yeah, um, I actually didn't even think about that. All of the movies that you chose, even though the kid being in peril is like a driving fear for most of the movie, they make it through. Like they end yeah. up winning, which yeah. um, kind of makes our fill-in movie of the host kind of not work so well. Because <laughs> if, if you've not seen that yet, major, major spoiler, um, kids die. Okay. Nah. <laughs> it's it is still worth seeing. It is a beautiful Ooh. movie, but Ooh. hey, just saying. Foul man, I call foul. <laughs> also, uh, I love the fact that as you're talking about babies being like these beautiful creatures that you know uh, that are so helpless and so dependent on the parents, and in the background you have a feeding time poster. That's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I just, love that. Those kids are completely misunderstood. <laughs> they're, they're just trying to make their way through this world. They're just trying to survive. Just like yeah. you guys were talking about on the Aliens podcast. Yeah, just trying to survive. Yeah, just yeah. hopeless little alien babies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're not much peril. They're not much peril, but yeah. <laughs> In peril of starving? Question yeah. Mark? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's a survival movie. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's go ahead and start diving into these. Um, so have either of you seen The Host before? Because if not, I don't want to spend too much time discussing it because that would be kind of counterintuitive I, yeah, to have I, I it focused it. on you. Yeah, sorry. I didn't have a chance to watch it before we did this. All right. Yeah. So all I'll say about it then is go watch The Host. Okay. Like, it's... Oh, God. It, it, it is so good. Like, uh, the, the cover says, you know, it's one of um, the best monster movies since Jaws. Um, oh, wow. And like it is, it is a great monster movie, but that's not what makes it a great movie. It is just a really good movie about loss and fear and grief uh, and overcoming obstacles. And there just happens to be a giant mutated fish monster. So, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah I think the best monster movies are about how the humans react and interact to survive them. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It, absolutely beautiful go see it um all right so before i wake um let, let, let's get into that one like why why did you choose that one how does that represent your fear of a child in peril well um i just really like where um that was mike flanagan right mm -hmm. yeah i really like where the movie went um and um honestly for a little while like sort of he's a facebook acquaintance you know how you have friends that you just friended that you haven't had a ton of interaction with in reality. Um, I remember seeing on our Facebook feed for a while that he found a distributor and the distributor went away. And there was at one point where it just felt really human, his reaction to what was happening to this film he loved so much, where he was like, uh, I just hope people think don't think this is a bad movie because we're having trouble finding people to get out there in the world. Right. And I, I, don't, I really responded to that. Because yes, filmmakers, you realize how hard it is to get your stuff out on the big screen. And uh, as soon as it came out, I wanted to see it. And um, I just really love the magic that is portrayed in that. And I'm always fascinated by 
things that are not exactly human or that have supernatural abilities or uh, so I really like that it took it in that direction and that creature the the evil thing that was stalking the child turns out to be something really human that the child misinterpreted yeah uh, I thought that was really a cool take and how the child had the power to bring it all back in and save himself and everybody around him I thought that I did not expect that to happen at all I thought it was going to be a typical oh shoot you adopted the wrong kid bad <laughs> kind of right. thing and uh, I thought it was really a cool take on that. Yeah. So when Eric and I talked about this um, a couple of weeks ago, he really, really liked this movie. Oh. I had issues with it. Like, I, okay. I love the themes. Like, all the stuff that you just explained is like, yes, that is what I love about the movie. <laughs> and I love the fact that, you know, there is like that healing power of just being a kid. And, you know, there's so much about this movie. <sighs> I, I felt like some of the characters were underdeveloped and like it just kind of rushed through some stuff. And I'm really, really hoping that it was because like because there were some studio issues and like that the film itself was a little rushed. Like I hope that that's not his final, final product because yeah. there were just a few things about it that I was just like, I mm, it, it bugged me. But like I absolutely loved Hush. So I really mm -hmm. like him as a director. Yeah. I well, just, yeah, an Oculus too. Yeah, yeah I just, I, I just had issues with that film, and I'm hoping that it was like production side, not actually the making of it side. Well, we'll blame it on the studios. They're always yeah. the bad ones. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do love the uh, the Canker Man and how I love what's done in the movie, and Eric really pointed this out in terms of. The, uh, the sort of the magic that the kid has changes based off of what he knows. So like the butterflies don't have antenna until he's drawing one in school and the girl says butterflies are supposed to have antenna and she adds them and then they have them um, in the rest of his dreams. So like yeah. so much is done so, so well in that film. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the dad character is that who he didn't really like too much and... I, it's not even so much the characters, it was the relationship. Like I felt... Uh. I know that uh, that the husband and wife were supposed to have a strained relationship because she said that they had a strained relationship. Yeah. I did not see a strained relationship. I saw a, you know, occasionally somewhat slightly distant, but like it wasn't, I don't know. I, I felt like a little too much was explained rather than shown and having the audience figure out for themselves. Personally. I definitely go with that too. That makes sense to me too. Yeah, I did think it was a little weird at the end where she's like, "Oh, you know, Dad's gone. We're good. I got a kid." Like, like yeah. that, that, was, that was a little strange. <laughs> she's like, oh, "My husband's a throwaway thing." Because all I really wanted was this right <laughs> in my lap. You know? so, yeah, and I, I had issues with that not because of like from a filmmaking standpoint, but from a there are people who are like that. Like, I don't care about this relationship anymore because <laughs> now there is a kid or, you know, like couples that are having a hard time that have a kid to quote, save the marriage. And yeah. what ends up happening is it only drives the marriage further apart. And mm -hmm. yeah. So like there, there are a lot of things that I feel like are um, very realistic, mm -hmm. but, but yeah, like I didn't see their strained relationship. I just heard her talking in that little group therapy, like, Oh, we have a strained relationship. Yeah. The end. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy that. That makes sense. But but anywho, um, 
Oh, what about the next one? Uh, I, I forget what all was on the list. And we're probably going to jump around a little bit as we're going through if we're like, oh, right, crap, this thing from this movie. <laughs> so, The Shining. The yeah. Shining was kind of the exact opposite for me and Eric. I absolutely love The Shining. Uh-huh. Eric thinks that it's, you know, a bunch of just just Kubrickian trash but whatever (laughs) he has no taste in film he's not here to defend himself so we can talk (laughs) trash about him yeah Um, no i get it it's pretty polarizing i mean it's a movie that kevin and i don't agree on either and uh i I just i just think it should be shorter that's it as i I, I, once once it starts rolling i mean it's a phenomenal film but man i'm almost like just cut the first 45 minutes and just like (laughs) just just get us there i know it establishes Relationship right. things. It's like I don't know. But man, just some of those scenes just kinda of drag on. That's it's just because I'm a modern filmmaker and we're impatient and you know, we don't sit in a three hour movie anymore. Unless it's got superheroes and buildings blowing up every two seconds. But um, for me the first forty five minutes is what's so great about the movie because it oh, gives you okay, it sorry. gives you that sense of isolation. It gives you that sense yeah. of loneliness. It puts you in that environment. Once things start yeah. ramping up, then it ramps up too quick. Like yeah. that needed to be more prolonged. Yeah, but by no means am I saying I'm right. It, it's just you know, I, good because we're saying <laughs> you know, that you're it, wrong. It's a classic movie. It, it's just I don't know. It's yeah, information is is delivered, and and it's just, I don't I don't know. Ah oh, man, but when, once it starts rolling, it's it's just really it's incredibly you know the visuals are are just top notch and. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just I enjoy that stuff so much more. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an indefensible opinion. But, you know, I throw it out there anyway. <laughs> it's okay. Eric agrees with you. You're just both wrong. Well, Jennifer, why'd you pick this one? Because there are so many Stephen King movies and so many that deal with kids in peril. Why The Shining? Oh, I think it's just because that was one of my first introductions into horror. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I honestly can't remember when I saw it for the first time, but uh, it's... what? Is the... turning going on near you? <laughs> I do, and uh, your audio cut out right there. So okay, okay. Uh, so basically, I think it was it's because it's one of my first introductions into horror, um, and the visuals in it are just so fantastically stunning and so amazingly creepy. Uh, that's, it's just one of my, I mean, it's my favorite horror film of all time. Just, it's, I do love the slow burn. Uh, I do love how you get to see how this, this poor family is just put through just terror by this, this presence at this, uh, um, hotel. So, uh, yeah, back into the supernatural again. But, um, yeah, the visuals, the, those little twins are creepy as, as you know what, and uh, the <laughs> yep. blood, the elevator full of blood, that's just, I, I wonder how they even did that. It's just a, a disgusting and terrible, violent uh, imagery that just always sticks with me, you know? there's If anybody says the shining, you know, that those two words, those are what you think of. You think of the twins in the elevator full of blood, and then... And the, the Hot Wheels. Yeah, the Hot Wheels, the little kid on the Hot Wheels. <laughs> the just, bathtub. Just roll out, uh, all right? Uh, Two, three, yeah, seven. I just I just yeah. blank out on that. Yes, there's, there's, so, there's so much that's so creepy about that movie. I just love. Yeah. So, um, so Stephen King has said in a few different interviews that 
part of why he doesn't like it is he feels like uh, the Jack Torrance character is completely wrong. Like that there's no character arc. And I, I went through this in my review, but I completely disagree with that. Like he says, uh, Stephen King says that Jack starts out crazy and just gets crazier. But like to me, that's more realistic. And like, so I'm a terrible horror fan. I've never actually read The Shining. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how relatable uh, Jack Torrance is. And I don't know like exactly what that journey is to going crazy. But in the movie, it sets him up as he has a history of alcohol abuse. And, like, you see that strained relationship already, and he's already kind of distant and more focused on his work than on his marriage. But then his wife still loves him, and, like, even when she's explaining to the doctor or the psychiatrist, whoever it was, like, oh, yeah, this is what happened when when he broke or dislocated um, his shoulder. Yeah, all right. And it's just, like, that is such a realistic thing, especially the way that she's normalizing it of, you know, just pulling at a kid like you do a million times. He was just drunk and yanked on his arm a little too hard. And it's just like, that feels so real. And it feels, I, I feel like that is a much better representation of this person already has something a bit off about them. And then when they're isolated, then those inner demons really start coming out. And like, I, I don't know about you, but when I watch The Shining, I view it as, this is bringing out Jack's inner demons rather than Jack is being possessed and there's nothing that he can do to stop it. Because I feel like that's actually a more boring story that he doesn't really have a struggle. It's just here's this external force acting upon him. No, no, I, I agree with that completely. Yeah, me yeah, too. It's, it's just there under the surface, but he's able to, to go prior to going to the hotel. He's able to, you know, navigate his life with with uh some some darkness but you know from the outside it doesn't look like he he has these issues and then you know he goes to the hotel the isolation and, and it just kind of I, I agree with that completely um it's so there is an arc in that you know like you said the inner demons are are brought out yeah. so i mean I, I, I love his performance i think it's really really awesome doesn't so. that make that a better movie yeah. 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 So, so I have to backtrack on that because it all establishes <laughs> that in the first forty-five minutes. So should be cut. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they would remake it now, and and uh, they would condense that down. But I'm pretty sure they would if they if they did remake it. Well, they've remade uh, it with um. Uh, I want to say Stephen Weber. Is that right? Is that did they remade it with? Was they, that a, was that a three-hour thing or they short? I don't think so. They they remade it in the nineties. I think. I think that's when they remade it. It's um, probably like an hour and a half then. <laughs> Probably like a Miami Vice minutes. score in the background. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, it was a miniseries with uh, Rebecca De Mornay, Stephen Weber, Will Horniff, whoever that is. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. they made it a miniseries. Okay. They made it longer. They made it longer. <laughs> <laughs> because it's Stephen King, of course those movies have to be longer. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. His books are pretty packed full. God, I, I have a love-hate relationship with Stephen King. <laughs> actually again terrible horror fan haven't read enough i have a love-hate relationship with stephen king movies because yeah. i feel like people who make them either i feel like the best stephen king movies are not necessarily stephen king movies but like the people who made them so like christine is amazing well, because yeah. it's a john carpenter john Car film yeah yeah i think i have to agree with you on that because um, I don't love Stephen King as a whole, but I do like it when someone else puts their interpretation on it. I agree with you. Yeah. Oh, 
Yeah, we we watched uh, Pet Cemetery uh, like oh, three yeah. four months ago or something like that. That was good. Yeah, yeah. I'm just about that, that was one. I, I actually, yeah, I just said the other night that I, uh, or yeah, the other podcast this week that uh, I completely blanked out that I watched Pet Cemetery when I was in high school. Once again, it's like I really wasn't allowed to watch horror movies, but yeah. I, I just felt like a friend of mine. But I lived out in the middle of nowhere. I lived out in farm country outside Asheville, North Carolina, and so we went to the theater with me and my um, my friend. We watched Pet Cemetery, and oh my god, I was really really scared on that on that ride home. And then we like we uh, actually, we hit a, a a lot of uh, opossums like running around <laughs> out of the country. Yeah. And we hit one with the car, oh and you know, we're 16, 17 years old, and you know my bro- uh, my friend like slams on his brakes. And then we get out of the car, and then the, the opossum's gone. It's gone. <laughs> so then I was like, had these nightmares of like, this, it's, this it's gonna chase you down, and it's like it's coming back. And oh yeah, so yeah, I, that one really worked on me. And we we watched that, and man, that that last scene still kind of really creepy. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, so that one, that one's one I, I felt like. And Mary Lambert, I thought did a really good job uh, directing that one. I do um, think that the best part of Pet Cemetery is uh, Fred Gwynn. Just because oh, yeah. I, oh my God, I love Fred Gwynn. Well, they're remaking it with John Lithgow in that role. And Jason Clark is the husband. Uh, so. I think that John Lithgow would do great, but he's not Herman Munster. So like, yeah, I, know, I, know. I don't care as much. I just, I, I don't know. It'll still be fun. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, all right. What, what about the next one? Uh, what, was, what was next? There were so many movies. <laughs> and and I do feel like I'm just kind of like jumping from movie to movie, and I guess part of that might be because I don't want to take like three hours of your time, but I also don't want to shortchange any of these. So if at if at any point I'm like, okay, next movie, you're like, whoa, 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 hold on, I wanted to go into more depth about why this movie was so terrifying and why it creeped me out. Just uh, you know, oh, stop okay. me. Uh, what was your third one? Uh, there, that was it. Oh. Before we can, uh, so you still have hush. Oh, well, I, I got Silent House, Hush, uh, yeah. Descent. Yeah, I just did two. Well, uh, oh, what, you about, just did two. Okay. what about your palate cleanser? Uh, we'll skip okay. ahead a few movies and talk about Aliens. Okay, um, sure. so, so Aliens, I actually have the same view that Kevin has about The Shining of, and I watched <laughs> the uh, the um, non-theatrical release, I watched the extended edition. The first hour of Aliens needs to be cut. It is, oh. it is so boring. I do not care oh about any of those characters. Oh it gives you a little bit of Paul Reiser, but like it is everything that is explained in the first hour of the movie gets explained later in the movie. I, I, I will go with this, though. I watched Aliens before I watched Alien, so I didn't know uh, the story. So I, I do love that in Aliens they gave a bit of a, a, a recap. You know, I blew him out of the goddamn airline. Um, you know, that really gave me some, some context of, of what she had been through and, and, you know, and, you know, hanging out with the cat and all this. I don't know. It, I, I, I like it. That's one where I don't mind it, it taking some time and, and you getting to know, you know, Hicks and Hudson and Apone, rest in peace. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I kinda, I kinda dig that. I love aliens. It's technically, uh, that's the the one the horror movie that I know all the lines to. I don't know the lines in the descent, even though the descent's my favorite one. 
Um, but Aliens, like, I watched that probably 25 times in college. We would just have parties and just watching. We would quote the lines back and forth. And now when I watch it with Jen, I have to promise not to quote the lines alone. She gets, she gets really tired of my Bill Paxton impersonation because it's horrible. But you um, have to quote Game Over, man. Like, there's no way you can watch Aliens and not quote that. All I'm saying is Aliens could have been just as strong, if not stronger, of a movie starting with um starting with the Marines coming out of their cryostasis. So give you a different take on it. Yeah, but Cameron wanted to try out that um the laser effect thing where Uh, it's just kind of going over the the things which is awesome, dude. This was what, ninety what was it? Sure. It looked cool, but it turned what what could have been a 10-second scene into, well, first we have to have the ship floating by, and then we have to have someone come in. Then we, Why did they laser cut through that door lock thing? Like, don't spaceships have doors? I have so many (laughs) issues with the first, at least the first 30 minutes of Aliens, if not the first hour. Despite my agreement on the laser cutting, because there's probably some kind of pressure lock that would have killed them if they did, but it's just kind of... I don't know. It's a cool effect, man. Got to go for the effects. It's the nineties. I'm just saying. I I love Ripley. I love Newt. I love Ripley's and Newt's interactions. Um, yeah, I I love Hicks. Like seeing his character arc, I think that you do see him grow a lot. Um, Hudson. I mean, yeah. How do you not love him? I. So I said this on the review, and I'm sticking by it because um, (laughs) this is how I feel about just every James Cameron movie ever. When I'm watching James Cameron, I would rather just watch Steven Spielberg do it better. Oh, so man. when I was watching oh, Aliens, I was like, I just want to see Steven Spielberg do this, but like actually really care about the characters rather than care about the characters because of what I already cared about so them. You, well, I, I would, so you want Steven Spielberg character work, but I think you'd rather have James Cameron action sequences. Cause I, I don't know. Mean, yeah, I mean, like, the same Private Ryan, notwithstanding, is like, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I Jaws, Spielberg. Jurassic Park. Yeah, I, okay. You're right, you're right. Jurassic Spiel- Park, yeah. Spielberg yeah. knows horror better. Okay, I could go with that. I mean, James there's no question. Spielberg is like, but they're, they're both great directors, in my opinion. It's like, I love um, Cameron's writing. Um, like, everything that the Abyss, you read that script, um, uh, uh, even the Strange Day script, which he wrote. Um, Avatar, the script, I, I've read that a, a couple times just for how he does action direction. Um, it, it's really, really phenomenal. I think he has a great mind for action. So, um, yeah, he, yeah, he I, has a really good like technical perspective in terms of like showing. He does great with visual spectacle, which is why Avatar is so beautiful <laughs> and like Aliens is shot really well. And I would love to see Spielberg's version of Aliens. Yeah, uh, cool. You know what, Steven? Do it. Do it. I would love to see it. Yeah. He does the remake. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be quite cool. Me right now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I got $20. Let's just start it up. Spielberg aliens. I just um, love thinking about the fact that Steven Spielberg would even listen to this to hear you say. <laughs> <laughs> We're close friends, man. We're Facebook yeah. buddies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I sound like I'm dogging the film. I, or at least James Cameron. I don't hate them. It's just one of those things. I. I feel like the relationship between um, James Cameron and Steven Spielberg is kind of like uh, Wes Craven and John Carpenter, where people are all like, oh, Wes Craven's the master of horror. 
he has some movies that are really awesome, but he has his head so far up his own butt. <laughs> and then you watch John Carpenter, who's just like, whatever, we made a movie. I wrote the music. Yeah. It's awesome. Go watch it. It's fun. I don't even care. I'm just doing a movie because that's what I want to do. And it is such <laughs> a better movie. <laughs> that's so how true. I feel about Cameron and Spielberg. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, I like <laughs> I like watching John Carpenter interviews because he's totally like that. He's he's a lot of fun to inter- like to watch his interviews. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't want to say. Yeah. 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 You see all the like Cameron just kind of kind of comes off as as being being that way. It was like, I actually met Spielberg one time and and he's just very very kind, just a tremendously kind individual and and acknowledged my presence in front of him, which was incredible to me. Nice. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, it is, but it never have met James Cameron, so I don't know, maybe he's that way. Uh, doesn't seem to be that way in his Oscar speeches, so, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd still, getting back to Aliens. Uh, oh, right, so that's what we're talking about. Yes, the Aliens. Idea of Spielberg doing a version of it, because I think that'd be incredible. I don't know, I, I, I love that film. That was, like, a film that I fell in love with, because, you know, you're a teenager, and you watch it, and it's it's everything. It's got, like, the... The mother-daughter relationship. Uh, you got the 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 brotherhood of the Marines, and then getting picked off one by one, and, and then you know just just uh, fantastic. Kid. I think the characters are great, dude. It's like I need that at beginning, and maybe we don't need this all through the thing, and maybe we don't need the laser effect. But I do remember seeing that laser effect for the first time and being like, oh, "This is a cool movie." But I was 16, 17, whenever I watched it, and it actually really scared me because I was like watching it by myself on VHS. VHS on my tiny TV. I'm not saying that I dislike it. I love aliens. Like when I was watching it, I was actually like, you know what? I need to do an alien aliens double feature night. Have a bunch of friends over because they are a great pairing of, you know, you get like the, uh, the very isolated silent horror with alien. Uh, You get, you know, the basically haunted house in space. And then you have this action-packed, like, okay, one alien was scary, a bunch of elephants, sometimes I forget how to words, a bunch of aliens and the queen, like, that is just so freaking terrifying. And, like, so many other horror movies have done exactly that. Um, Like, immediately I think of Dead Snow and Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead. Have you two not seen Dead Snow? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So... I love these movies so much. Dead Snow is uh, Nazi zombies. It's it's a cabin in the wood, cabin in the woods film with Nazi zombies. Nazi zombies. And it. Oh God, I didn't it, know the zombies adhered to any edict. <laughs> that's, that's kind of surprising information. Well, it's more like they were Nazis, and so they stayed Nazis. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't know this. Oh my God, this movie is so. So freaking good. It does something that I love about horror movies where it knows that its audience watches horror movies. And so it gives you all of the buildup and it gives you the, this is exactly where you're going to expect a jump scare. So we're not going to give it to you. And so like it builds up that tension and you're like, but where was the jump scare? Why isn't it here? And as soon as you start letting your guard down, that's where the jump scare is. Oh, cool. It is, oh my god, I love it so much. And uh, unlike, excuse me, unlike a lot of Cabin in the Woods movies, the, like, second half of it takes place during the day Uh on very snowy mountains. So it is just super bright and super white. And so, like, when people are getting all chopped up and bloodied, just red everywhere, it is gorgeous. Cool. 
And then Dead Snow 2 takes, like, it picks up immediately at the end of Dead Snow. And um, because you can't do that small setting, because they just did that, it makes it a much grander scheme. And it's... These are two movies that I cannot recommend enough. Absolutely love them. All right, we'll do it. Okay. Yeah. So, Aliens. Yeah, Yeah. Aliens. Yeah, you know... I just want to say one thing about that too, because I got I got the chance to see Aliens in the theater um, uh, in the last year, and I was a little nervous about because I love the production design, I love the production design, and I was concerned what it was going to look like on the big screen. It was on thirty five millimeter too, right? Yeah, it really holds up. Yeah, really, uh, the outside space stuff looks pretty hokey, uh, but uh, everything inside with all the things that. The things on the walls that the aliens have laid down. Uh, it just it looks spectacular. It was, it was good. <laughs> well, even with the stuff outside, just I, I love practical effects. And so they're very clearly miniatures, like, especially <laughs> when the spaceships flying through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I would so much rather see miniatures and, you know, look a little hokey than bad CGI, which is why that film still holds up, oh, is because yeah. there's very little CG effect. Yeah. yeah, and then, then you have <coughs> Alien Covenant. <laughs> oh, man. Jeez. I forgot that movie existed. I just so I was in the library scanning through movies, and I saw Alien Covenant. I was, oh, wow, they did that. I remember now. Um, I completely forgot that film. And Alien started with such good pedigree. I mean, you had Ridley Scott, James Cameron, David Fincher, and, yeah. then, and then it yeah. went downhill. Yeah. There are aspects of the fourth one that I dig. I love the third one. Actually, I wrote about it in college. I just thought it was a really. I'm one of like the the Alien Three like secret fans out there. But it's gotten a lot a lot more respect lately. I remember it just got trashed like when it when it came out, and I I thought that was unfair. So you know, being you know 20 years old and I know what's right and everybody's wrong. You know, I I just took it under my wing to be like, no, it's a great film. It's wonderfully directed. No, it's not aliens, and no, it's not alien. But uh, I think it's, it holds up on its own, and I and I love the world they created, and you know, I I, I think it had a, a great deal of social comment. People can argue with me about that, but uh, just the isolation that people were going through at that time in the nineties is yeah. like felt like I had a whole lot of say the uh, the HIV AIDS crisis that was going on, and, and I found that represented in the film itself. I and I wrote a paper about it, but you know, I, I think Alien Three is is really really a wonderful film. Yeah. Um, I don't remember much about Alien 4 outside of the, the underwater scene um, that I thought was just spectacular. If I'm remembering the right movie, I haven't seen it. I bought it. I bought like the whole like alien, uh, the, the quadruplets, quadruplets, <laughs> whatever, the, the, the four part series. I don't know how you would say that, but right, yeah. Right. Uh, I haven't watched the fourth one in God, 15 years, 20 years. I don't know. It's been a long time. I think I only watched it one time. but. Hey, that's the dude who did Silly City of Lost Children, right? The the foreign director. I'm trying to remember who directed the fourth one. I can't remember. I don't know all the Robin things. Hood, it was like visually stunning. And, yeah. Did you just say Robin Hood? Because that's what it sounded like in my headphones. No, uh, Robin. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm, I'm getting off topic. I've, I've done that to you this whole time. Oh, that's that's what happens. Um, it was Jean Pierre Junet. Yeah. yeah. And I think he did Amelie. And Max. And Delicatessen. Delicatessen's one I remember. But I thought there was another. Anyway, all right. Yeah. The city. Yeah, the City of the Lost Kids. Lost Children. City of the Lost Children, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> aliens. <clears throat> Jennifer, 
Which yeah. do you think, or who do you think had a harder time coping? Um, Ripley or Newt? In terms oh. of like, which do you think is more difficult? A kid to lose her parents or a parent to lose their kid? <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't think you can rank those. I think those are probably actually, you know, with your psychology degree, you know, death of a loved one, a parent or a child is the worst thing you can experience. So um, as far as their characters go, I mean, we follow Ripley throughout and get to see her in later movies. So I think she's probably the one that doesn't deal with it the best. Like she's, she's torn up by it. And Newt's kind of like, yeah, I, I, I can live here fine. I've figured it all out. You guys are crazy. I'm going to go hide in my little hole here. Like, yeah. yeah. So I, I think I think Ripley is a little more traumatized. <laughs> Definitely a little less stable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, she still kicks ass, though. I love her. Yeah. yeah. We should have, like, the, the Newt branch off. Like, a, the, cool. a, new, a new series of Aliens movies. Yeah. With, uh, with the Newt character. What, what happens to her after? I don't know. She wasn't yeah. in the third she obviously is going to join the Marines because that scene where she puts on the helmet yeah, is just so freaking adorable. I know. Yeah, I've got a fun behind the scenes story about that because we did go see I did go see it in the theater and uh, Bean, Michael Bean was there and mm-hmm. the, was the lady that played Vasquez. Uh, I'm breaking her name right now. Maria Rodriguez or something. Oh, well, anyways. Uh, so she has a story of um, where uh, there's the scene where the one Marine falls down the, the stairwell and dies. And then the person playing Vasquez goes forward and, you know, tries to, you know, she's yelling, she's upset, the guy's falling down there. And then someone behind her grabs the back of her, you know, apparatus that's holding that, that gun mm-hmm. and pulls backwards. And she had this look of terror on her face. And she said, well, that was actually real. Because what had happened was that the, they had coated the interior of the place that they were shooting with some sort of material that produced a really noxious fumes whenever a flame hits the air. So they did the flamethrower thing, and then the fumes hit. And they, the guy was really literally pulling her back to get her out of there. They had this special mechanism on the back of them where they could like pull like a ripcord and the thing would fall off so they could get out. Right. And so that's what happened. Like she, they literally were choking from the noxious fumes. And uh, she's like, so when I look terrified, there, because I actually was really afraid something was going to happen. <laughs> like I'm going to die in there. Yeah. I love. The <laughs> I love behind the scenes stuff that adds so much to it because I. For me, movies and film, cinema, whatever words you use to describe it, like it is the experience. It's not just like sitting down, watching a movie. Okay, that's over. So yeah, behind the scenes stuff, absolutely love. That that does remind me though, I have a question and I don't know if either of you will be able to answer it because it makes no sense whatsoever. Why, when they go in and they're trying to um, trying to knock out all the aliens and they're like, oh no, they're all around us. Ah, we're all dying. Man. And the uh, whichever person it is, like, oh, you see this thing above them? This is that coolant link, and their uh, their bullets are like explosive. So tell them not to shoot. Oh, that's this Lieutenant Gorman. He's a he's yeah. a, a douche, man. Yeah. Here, here's the thing that doesn't make any sense. Because like, I get okay, explosive bullets, explosive uh, place, fine. Yeah, don't use it. Then instead, they use flamethrowers. Yeah. <laughs> I did. 
how if some place is potentially extremely explosive is using a flamethrower <laughs> a you're better option? You're thinking too much, Nathan. You're thinking too much. Yeah. Like, Ah, no, yeah. ah, no. To the future, they should have had laser guns or something. No. <laughs> I love that they had the, the... No, I love it. I love it. I'm not going to let you bring they, it down. They could have any other excuse. Like, this is why you can't use this, because it would do this. But like, oh, no, you might explode. Only flamethrowers. Just what? No, no, no. <laughs> That's a really good point. I, really I think they should have used harsh language. <laughs> <laughs> Just swear the aliens to death. <laughs> I don't know. I love that line. They're very sensitive aliens. You just start yeah, talking yeah, down. Really. Yeah, yeah, really. Well, they're not comfortable in their own skin. Like, that's why they have to keep trying to <laughs> yeah, be yeah, someone else. Yeah, they all the time. That's yeah. true. They keep changing into different aliens in every movie. <laughs> yeah. That's true. They, they just can't be comfortable. What is uh, this, you know? So, there you go. All right, so <laughs> we've talked a lot about aliens, and I do yep. love that movie. It's just <clears throat> got issues with it. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's start getting into Kevin's side of the week with the uh, being powerless and trapped. So, Kevin, your first movie was Hush, which is another Mike Flanagan movie, and I I love Hush. One of yeah. the issues that I had with um, Before I Wake is that the ending was like here let me spend 10 minutes literally explaining the entire movie because there's not enough to let you know here's what happened but with hush it's just nope you don't need any explanation you don't get any explanation and it yeah. is so much better so brilliant um one of the things that i brought up almost brought up in the review but i'm like ah i can't spoil things too much I love the little notches in his crossbow. That is all that you need to know about him is he's just some crazy crazy dude who is killing for sport and yeah. all you have to see is whatever, like the seven or eight notches in his crossbow. And and this is why I say I think that Mike Flanagan really is a really good director but just somehow had some missteps and don't, uh, before I wake, which is why I blame the studio. But like, God, I, I love that movie and it's so simplistic but so beautifully terrifying. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I, um, yeah. It's it's kind of a, a thing that that benefits from such a great setup that you don't need extra layers. Like before I wake, you, you need these extra layers in there um, that you know you, you were uh, saying that they need to be layered better and need to be further explored. Uh, this was just the setup. It's like you have a deaf woman. There's isolation. It's like for for a horror, really worry. You got isolation, desperation, and you know you're. You're trying to get away and then you're limited in doing that uh it had all those things um you know i, I just i find such like just strength in that character um and then with with just the notches in the crossbow or whatever that's just i mean that just ups the ante on yeah. you know this, this dude's a professional also a manipulator because there's several times he could go in but he doesn't you know and that, that took me i was kind of like why is he not doing it but he just really kind of uh enjoys that aspect of the hunt um there and then, is you know, so much cat and mouse in that movie. Yeah, ultimately, you know, it backfires, which I love about it. It's like, you know, um, and, and it's the flaw of arrogance, the arrogant killer and that sort of thing that uh, that I really love. But the, he does do that head cock thing that all the psycho killers do. And I'm waiting for like a different, you know, <laughs> a different tick for the killer thing. But it's like, but I guess that does make them crazy because nobody really does that in real life. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you just stand there and you just head cock. Like, I don't know. Just makes you look creepy, but I thought her performance was great, and uh, yeah, it's just I, I just love that that limitation and not being able to hear and having somebody that wants to kill you and, and just just a limitation that that would be 
you know. I remember there was an, uh, another movie uh, 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 where she was a uh, she was working on a film set uh, and she was uh, she was mute. Oh, oh mute witness. Mm-hmm. You know, just just having that limitation um, was just incredible. Uh, yeah, it just that could be on my list too. I thought that was an excellent film. But anyway, I'm talking about other movies more than than the ones I, I recommended. But that's what uh, happens. I, I think Flanagan's a, a writer. That's just such a great setup that you know you you, you didn't need those extra layers of, of meaning. I think it made it just a taut, fast, suspenseful film that you know you're not going with these subplots. It's just the plot of of her there trying to survive. And I love that. I love um, all three of these movies. I feel. Uh, have driving narratives um, yeah. and their personal stories, um, and, and I love that about them. Well, and like Hush works so well because, like, you don't even need to see the movie to get why that movie is terrifying. Like, you just yeah. read the description of she's deaf, and like on Netflix, you know, it has the the preview image, and every single time, because you know, sometimes Netflix will change it up a little bit. It's just her sitting at her computer with the dude standing behind her dude, in a mask. Right behind. Oh god, those are so the, the, ah. the scenes. The, yeah. the, 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 the first scenes where he's just there and it's just, just like, no, no, oh my God, it'll be so creepy. Yeah. I, that way when I'm out in the country and I can hear, see, talk, all that. It's like, but man, yeah, I, I get that way. I was like, was there something behind me? Was there something out there? Did I hear a sound? What was that? Once again, another reason I don't go out in the country. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Home invasion terrifies me. You know, like I can watch supernatural stuff all day long. And, you know, regardless of whether or not people believe in the supernatural, it is a much less tangible thing. Someone coming into your house and killing you, just like that, okay, that probably doesn't happen a lot, but it it could happen. Like, it could so easily happen that home invasion is just absolutely terrifying. Um, A couple of years ago, Jess and I were watching Black Sunday, Black Sabbath, I forget which one. It's the anthology, um, the anthology horror film that has Vincent Price uh, doing the narration between them and one of them is just a a woman in a house and the killer keeps calling her and basically terrorizing her and at one scene you just see him kind of like lift the blinds or you don't really see him lift the blinds but you see his eyes coming through just a tiny crack in the blinds and I'm like that that scene alone just it it still haunts me because I I do not trust windows in horror movies yeah (laughs) I know yeah. Yeah, they are the worst. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It's like I, I can't just like lock the door and go to bed. I, I've I've been known to check it four times just because I live in Los Angeles. I'm in a safe safe area, but it's still it's like I checked it three times before I went to bed last night. It's like yeah. well, I just watched the descent. So you know, <laughs> there's like these mutant creatures that will pound down the door or whatever. But <laughs> well, you know, I live in LA, so I mean, it yeah, happen. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, but uh, yeah, Highly just you know, <laughs> like the the whole strangers uh, uh, couple movies just I don't know those those really get to me because that's a you know we could have done a, ho- a home invasion uh, series too yeah um, um, yeah that's a palpable fear and just just having her with that physical limitation uh, but then once again just just finding the strength and then I love you talked about the ending just because you know just finding the strength to be yeah. like you know it's it's done dude. <laughs> it's like you know, just just not giving up uh, and not being limited, and and just just absolutely just taking care of business. That yeah. is really great. One of the things that I love so much about it is, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I I love. <sighs> Hush is just done so well. Like there is the uh, the stuff that's set up in the beginning 
that directly pays off in the end. So, like, just the throwaway line of um, when her friend asked her, like, how do you come up with the ending? And she's like, oh, well, I see all of these different possible outcomes. Yeah. yeah. And then you get to see that happen. I and, know. That was so um, cool. Yeah. Like, at the very beginning when she's uh, cooking the the stuff that happens in that opening scene like she uses the same knife that she was using to cook to stab yeah. him and the the fire alarm and so like there's just all of this little stuff that it's bookended of here's a setup and why are they showing such a close up on her using a, a kitchen knife and yeah. then later she it just it is done so so well and absolutely terrifying but like in a fun way like when I was yeah. watching it there's not really any jump scares there's a couple of scenes that are terrifying. Which that's that a relief. That's such a relief. You don't need the cat coming out of the cupboard, and you don't need, you know, just closing a door and there's a shadow. There's, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it, sometimes that's cool, but a lot of times it's just, I don't know. That, that movie didn't need it just because the setup is just so scary. And just, just have him, just have him creeping. Well, that's all you need. It's cat and mouse. Like you don't need the cat pouncing. You have the cat toying, and it's just like. I don't need to jump out from behind the um, behind the corner because you already know that I'm here. And yeah. that's what's so terrifying. It's not what could jump out. It's how am I going to get away? How am I going to escape this? I, I'm screwed no matter what happens. It is just a terrible situation. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I think that's Flanagan's wife. Um, who was oh, was the, it? Yeah, I think so. So maybe that was. <laughs> I wonder how their marriage is now. <laughs> I, I, I feel it's I feel it's all right. She's a, she's a great actress, and um, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, you know, he wrote the role for her and and wanted her to star, and knew she had a lot of talent, and you know, she had had, had an opportunity like that before. I think um, I might be making all that up, but I, I think I heard that or read that or something, and and maybe there's an extra sensitivity in the way he filmed it and, and everything because of that. But uh, whatever it is, I, I feel like it paid off, and I thought she was a tremendous uh, tremendous in that role. Yeah. Yeah, that oh god, that movie is so terrifying. Um, <laughs> all right, next was Silent House. Yeah, next yeah, was Silent House. All so right. let's talk some trash about Eric because <laughs> Eric hated this movie. I know, I know. I <laughs> I don't know what to think. I don't know. Did he watch? Is there another Silent House that he watched? Like no, you know? no. He was talking about Elizabeth Olsen. Unless we both watched the wrong movie. <laughs> No, listen. Uh, yeah, wow. yeah. That, that was surprising. I think there. Uh, I think there's just so many tremendous things about this. But I, I will, you know, in Eric's defense, it's like it's got like a five point six on IMDb. You know, it, it just it's like a, a divisive movie for whatever reason. But I was so in its camp from yeah. the very first scene and following her into that house, and then she's there. You had isolation, even though there were two guys around her, and. I would disagree with um, uh, dismissing a film because it's similar to found footage when it's not found footage at all. It, well, it's, no, no, it's it wasn't so far from that. It that wasn't dismissing it because I was the one talking about like, man, it feels really found footagey. Like that's actually one of the things that I liked about it is it gave you that sense of found footage in terms of like really immersing you in it because the camera is with her the entire time. Like 95, 99% of the time. There's that one shot when it pans away from her and goes across the kitchen, but then yeah. comes right back on her. But, uh, it's, but, I, but it's that, not... performance, that performance, because I, I would figure probably 16, 18 day shoot. I mean, yep. and, and going and finding the cut points and just, just how did they shot list this? How did they block this? The blocking to have scenes from downstairs going upstairs, 
just to light that. And I know Eric had some problems with how dark it was at times, but that's just going to happen. Uh, it's, I think you're uh, attributing some of the things that I said to him because I have an <laughs> issue with why is it so dark? Like, why don't they just like open a curtain or like I, it worked for the setting in terms of like why it was so dark or being as dark as it was contributed to why it was so scary. But it was just like, I, open a blind, throw a rock through a window, do something to let some <laughs> light in. Yeah, I, I, I was questioning that too, but then they have that scene where she's, she's like taking the, the boards off the windows. Like, oh yeah, all the, the windows are all boarded up. So yeah. they can really open a blind or whatever. Um, but yeah, just uh, I, I found the, the point of view and having the camera with her the entire time pays off the end. Uh, but if you don't buy into that at the beginning, I think, you know, you might have a problem with the ending. Um, so, you know, I, I, I kind of understand that, but uh, I picked the film just because, once again, the isolation, even though the two guys are there, and the choice to, and it's a brave filmmaking choice, because it can isolate people, of having the camera on her the entire yeah. time. Uh, but Elizabeth Olsen is one of those actresses that is just so freaking watchable that, you know, I, I just I just was immersed in, in her, the, the expressions on her face, the moment the PTSD kicks in, like, you know, when the camera flash happens and you just see that look on her face, and then that's, you know, they hit on that a couple more times until the very ending. Um, I just, I just think it's a really underrated, uh, extremely well done, technically precise film. Um, yeah. that is just, just, I don't know if you've seen the extras, uh, but I have a DVD and the extras go through how they shot that scene where her friend mysteriously shows up at the house and she goes from inside the house, is out on the porch, walks around the porch, comes right back in. Uh, that just lighting that. Just yeah. having the sound person cover it with dialogue so that none of their equipment is in it in one continuous take. It, it, it's technically really, really far up there uh, as far as just a, a really exceptional film. Yeah, the technicality of it. And, and again, like I appreciate the fact that it was, um, you know, one quote unquote continuous shot because obviously they had to have the um, some of the cutaway scenes that like hide behind a door or whatever. But anyway, yeah. Like, I appreciate the fact that it wasn't a found footage because I think that found footage movies just get trapped in that gimmick, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, why are you still recording? If this was real life, you would stop recording and just run. But with sure. this not feeling or with it not being a found footage movie, it was able to do some of the stuff that is trying to immerse you in found footage. But it actually works because it's not trying to be found footage. Um but I, I do love that it stays with her because you are watching the movie from her perspective. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me. So major, major spoilers for anyone who <laughs> hasn't seen it yet. My one of the issues that I had is it should have been the uncle who was sexually abusing her. And maybe I, it was both. I completely agree with that. Yeah, but yeah. But they set it up. They set it up uh, right after that, the camera flash scene. You know, he talks about how, you know, how grown up she is now. And I, I've yeah. seen it three, three times, four times now. And I st the last time I watched it, I still thought it was him because of that set up line. And when the, the, the scene with the father, um, when, when um, you know, she thinks he's, he's really injured or whatever. And I could have sworn there was like an eye missing and there was blood coming out of it. I was like, well, that that's great. I don't know. If, I just feel like, yeah, that should be the, uh, the situation. But, you know, it, it's, it's fine. The, the payoff for me is her, her taking back her life at the end. And, yeah. and uh, you know, and, and I think 
I think the, the cool decision of keeping the camera on her for the length of time that it did is because those two guys aren't technically the antagonists. Right. They're, um, her mind is the antagonist. Uh, it's her mind is trapping her in this situation. She has the key, but she can't get out. You know, it's, it, it's these things, but she has to overcome that to get to where she can take the stand at the end. You so, got, you know, and, and I just, I, I find a tremendous amount of catharsis in that just because the, the being trapped is so palpable. Um, that final release uh, moment for me, I, I, I think is awesome. I don't know how I feel about the ending. Like, I, all right. So here's one of the things that I love about the movie. I watched it when I figured out relatively early on that, okay, something that, that it was something more that it wasn't just her trapped. Uh, and again, like the entire time I was like, that uncle is just way too creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so once stuff starts, um, <clears throat> once stuff starts actually being explained and you start understanding a little bit more about what's going on, it's like, Oh, okay. This entire thing has been a dissociative episode for, her because yeah. I can't watch a movie without psychology. Yeah. And, um, so like even following her from her perspective, like that's a thing that people who have either dissociative identity or um, depersonalization disorder, like they experience that sort of out of body experience. And for it to be following her the entire time, it's like her watching her, but not really being her. So like when you see the camera kind of running, that's her running. And, yeah. um, and even though she's seeing her, it's just, yeah, it's that weird sort of uh, connection between them. And then, like, as the movie goes on, you start seeing more of her personalities. So um, so you start seeing the little girl coming out. You start seeing the, like, bigger protective guy because he's the one that's, you know, allegedly the guy who's actually doing harm. And that's more of that protective side of her. And you have her friend who is another personality. And so, like, there's so much set up for that dissociative identity that when it gets to the end, I kind of wish that those identities had stayed a little bit more separate or that there had been, I don't know. Like I, I still can't decide whether or not I think that it works or not when she's kind of like, you know, sitting on her dad's lap and pouring the beer on him. And then like, she's crying, like you're starting to see those personalities actually come out with her acting them, but something still felt just a little off I, I i don't know yeah. how maybe yeah, it was just, like a little, little, little too easy a little, little cleaned up too quickly or whatever yeah yeah like like it jumped too quickly between them like maybe if there had been i don't know like i i don't really know what would have fixed it but i feel like once you finally get that it's too quick of a payoff yeah i, I thought um yeah whatever reason i didn't see the 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 lurking the 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 shadowy guy in the background is like a, a personality. Maybe, maybe I missed something there. I, I saw it more as like a, a threat. Um, but yeah, it is dragging something. So that would be representative of, of actions that she took. But yeah, for whatever reason, I, I just thought it was the other, the, the other girl and that was it. That the, the little girl was a memory that the, um, the older guy or the, the lurking shadowy guy was, was her past coming back and, and it haunted her and, and it being a, presence in the house and, and also to establish in the audience that there's a threatening presence there right you reveal that that's her mind but the shadows are just the 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 tragic memories that she had and that the the um the uh, the other girl was the the split personality that the yeah. social thing where it's just like bam split that's the one who takes care of the dirty work and i'm the one that's the scared one that needs that to protect me and then at the end you know she looks in the mirror and sees the 
the other girl and then, you know, goes, you know, full, uh, full axe murder on these dudes. But, <laughs> on, on one of them, why didn't she also kill the uncle? Oh my God, that pissed yeah, me that, off. I, <laughs> she wanted to live with it. Come on. I don't know. It, yeah, Just, I guess. <laughs> Man, it doesn't need to be like so she I, have to kill all of them because like I she know. just want to go down to the grocery store and kill the clerk too. Come on, Nathan. <laughs> Come if, on. If the clerk was also like part of that whole uh, abusive incestual <laughs> raping thing, then yes. Yeah. I'm yeah, advocating murder. Hey, you know what? I, <laughs> hey, I would not have cried a tear if that dude who watched it and, and probably pretty much took part in it as well. You know, he, he probably needed a sledgehammer to head too. But yeah. No, the, the one the one was good. Now, I don't know. Maybe it's like the, the studio was like, all right, one, one's good, two's a little too much. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, Maybe. he he was obviously a part of it. I mean, because yeah. you get that line about like, oh, you used to watch it. Like, but I still think that he did more than watch. I think that the uncle was way more involved in this, you know, I'm not radical, unrealistic movie. Like I said, I, I would not, I would not bat an eye if he got a sledgehammer in the face. Really well, was, and... There, there are a lot of things that I really appreciate. The ending, I feel like, is not bad. It's just eh, something. Um, I, I love the fact that when they're in the house, the uncle was the one who first uh, knocked a hole in the wall and found some of that mold. And yeah. then the dad knocked an even bigger hole. And, like, that very clearly, like, that represents her mind, where the uncle, like, kind of started to let some of those memories out, but then the dad, like, really drove it home. And yeah. also, black mold makes you go crazy. Like, that's yeah. part of why it's so dangerous, is it can make you hallucinate. And so I love the fact that it's not only representative of, like, that uh, that past coming back to haunt her and, like, basically eating away at her mind, but also being a physical thing that could have been part of what actually kicked that stuff back up. Yeah, and then when she's freaking out at the end, it's like it's the mold that's growing along the ceiling and she's seeing, like, Toilets on the side of the wall, and she's seeing just just really tripping out. Uh, it's the mold that's growing uh, along the ceiling. That you know, that's the 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 house, the rotting of the family unit, the rotting of the house is it's such a strong visual in my opinion. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I thought that was really well done. And and she's being eaten away from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, we have more movies to talk about. <laughs> but uh, hey, great movie! Check it out, people. Even though we told you everything about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that Eric is the most wrong about it. He was like, it's boring. It's like, but it wasn't because I actually cared about her the entire time. And she yeah, was like, realistically. Her, I don't know. It's like, it, it made it sound like she, she walked down to the country store and back with the camera <laughs> on her and she got like, <laughs> she's walking around through this. Sorry, Jen hasn't seen her. She, she, she's walking around <laughs> the house spoilers. With, a, with, with a lantern. No That's it. There could be, she's already had these, these, Things where there, there's something behind her, and you as an audience have seen that. And she has, they, they did a great job of lighting with just, just like these natural light sources, like these lanterns, candles, like, like just flashlights. And, and they used them to, um, to a great degree. She's just walking around through the house, camera on her, with just like a lantern here, just light showing on her face. And that's it. That's it. But yeah, I did, Eric didn't like that she was just walking around the house and the camera was on her. I loved when she would get scared. Excuse me. When she would get scared, she would respond like someone who's actually scared. Like she wasn't yeah. running and running and running and screaming. It was like just, oh my god, what was that? And like running for a little bit and like hiding. It feels so much more genuine of a response. And I well, love plus, the way that she's acting. 
Yeah, so somebody that's been through a childhood trauma like that too is very uh, like a childlike response sometimes where she just kind of curled up and her eyes were really wide and her, her breathing was really quick and she just wanted the bad guy to go away. Well, and um, she was hiding where the also, kid. Yeah, and she was hiding where yeah. kids hide, hiding under the bed, hiding under, under tables, the tables. And like you know, like closet. And it's, I, I thought that was smart done and well done. And then once again, kudos to this performance because however many days they shot it for an actress to get to that level every single time and it seemed like a continuous take it's phenomenal that performance is phenomenal because you don't know what they shot in what sequence and I, I can't remember it's probably in the extras and i can't remember it but uh it, i don't know I, I just think it's really really tremendous well and here's how uh here's how well done the camera work is it took me a while until i realized that it was a single shot yeah like it, it, i didn't realize it until about halfway through and i'm like Oh wait a second! This has all been one continuous shot. I've not even noticed because I did actually care about the characters. It did bring me in, and so yeah, like I want to go back and and rewatch it, if for no other reason than to be like watching it from that technical standpoint of how and when did they th- do the things they did, and yeah, it it took me a while to realize that. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy good. All right, moving on. We're going to talk about the descent now. All right, we we still have the descent and Tigers Are Not Afraid and Sequence Break. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Uh, All right, the descent. Terrifying. Just just terrifying. Yeah, that's it. Go watch it, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so here's what I love about the descent. And I know it's not about me. It's about you. But... It's about you. We know. It's the, it's the Gargoyle podcast. We it's know about, who it's about you. I love the <laughs> fact that it's obviously about her going crazy. Like, yes, there's claustrophobia. Yes, there are weird monster people. But it's about her regaining herself and then immediately losing herself and going crazy. Uh, which, which one are we talking about? Are we talking about the, uh, the, the main U.S. release or the unrated version? Because oh, there's the, two the different unrated. Handles. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. yeah I, I do not count the U.S. release because the U.S. Yeah, release is just dumb. Yeah, it just it, it completely took the actual ending of the film out and left it in the car, which I was like, come on, man. Uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, the unrated version is the one to watch. Plus, you, I think the, the eye gouging is, is, I think that was added in the unrated version. I don't think that's in the state. I might be wrong on that. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's it's brutal. It's crazy. It's It still gets under my skin. I've seen it like five times now. I watched it last night. Every bit as terrifying as, as the first time I saw it. But those monsters are just, I don't know. Plus, I was watching it by myself in the dark. Jim was asleep, you know, <laughs> the sound cranked up running through the headphones. So these, those, those monster sounds are just like, it's all, uh, uh, I was curled up in a ball at one point, man. It, it's that movie <laughs> just really, really gets me. It I, gets me, but it is, uh, just the whole setting, the way it's shot, the, the use of light. Once again, the similarities to Silent House is the, the use of light and, and, and how confining that is and how isolating that is. And, and you know, it, it's, God, there, there's so much about it that's wonderful. Um, but going back to my point about nature, there's yes. a, a through line in this of just how arrogant human beings are when they go out in the nature. And like, we're going to name this. We're going to name this cave, and I'm going to name it for you, Sarah. And that's an adventure that you're yeah. going to have. But nature wins. It crushes you. It's kind of like it's kind of like the gray, uh, the Carnahan movie, mm-hmm. uh, where it's basically a slasher film. So the, the wolves are slashers, and, sure. and the environment is just the, the snowy plain, whatever. It's like nature will crush you. Once again, why I live in a city, nature will crush <laughs> you. 
and, and the descent is a fantastic example of that. At one point, even uh, Sean McDonald says to uh, to um, the um, ah, I can't remember her name, but says to her, "This is an ego trip." You know, it is just where human beings um, feeling like they can conquer everything. Just really, really, that's the flaw of the characters in this is feeling that you know they have um, dominion over over nature, which. I think that's a really cool take on it. I read an article that, that was uh, that was saying that kind of thing. It was like, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That's really cool. And I watched it this time with that in mind. Yeah. Um, you know, before it was like, oh, it's you know, it's about grief and loss, which it is. Um, but yeah, it's, it's accentuated by that um, that that precipitates these these actions and and, and <laughs> everything that happens to them. Uh, whew, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I was just thinking. I was just flashing back to like these tiny caves that they're crawling through. That would be my living hell. Oh, it's like yeah. if there is a hell and I end up there, that will be what happens to me. <laughs> just constantly crawling just through a tiny cave. Crawling through these little tiny caves that keep on getting tinier and and oh. throw the descent creatures' noises in there, and that would be my hell. Yeah, it's it's a terrifying so, movie. Th- those clickings yeah. and screeches. <laughs> So, so many movies yeah. that have like a really suspenseful buildup. Once the action starts, for most of the time, for me, like it stops being as exciting. You know, like you have all of this tension, and then once you finally see the monster, you're like, okay, I can relax now because it's the fear of the unknown is now in your face, and so there's no longer a fear of the unknown. What I absolutely love about The Descent is it goes from the terrifying, claustrophobic fear of the unknown to then still being like heart poundingly terrifying. Like once you see the monsters, that doesn't ease up. It just brings on a new sense of terror. A new sense of unknown too, because they're, they're seemingly limitless. I mean, at first it's like one and then there's like three and then there's like five. And and then at the end, Oh, it's Juno. Juno's just the final scene with Juno or whatever. It's like they're everywhere. And and yeah, it's, you don't know how many are there. So they, they did a really good job with that. It's a cool point. Um, you know, just building suspense through is like, you don't, you don't know how many they are and, and where is this escape that they can get to. And, and yeah. Oh God. It's yeah. It's, it's tremendous. So, and yeah, very helpless in that situation. Speaking of being helpless and it doesn't directly relate to child in peril, but more of child impaled. This <laughs> opening scene with that. Oh my God. Like yes. having that after the week of child, or you know, the the first part of Child in Peril, how did that scene sit with you, Jen? Yeah, that's just so tragic. It's so tragic, and I love that. That's that's what brings this group of women together to try and help her get through this and find her new way in life without these people that were so important to her. So yeah. It's a really, really tragic opening to a beautiful film. Yeah. It still gets me for when, because it, it comes so quick. Yeah, and I actually, I, I, like I said, I've seen it multiple times, but it still it still gets me. Yeah, it's just like, oh, God, oh, that comes a lot faster than I thought yeah. it was going. Oh, wow, that's, yeah. but at least they don't show it. Well, yeah, like, that, yeah oh, they don't so show much it. More, it's like not seeing it. I think if you saw it, you'd be like, okay, it's not a kid, it's not a kid, it's not a kid, but you know, just having to imagine it, kind of yeah. way seven worked, just having to imagine what that what that car would have been like to have been in that car uh-huh. and everything you love in the world as a spike through its head. It is just yeah. like, oh geez. Well, yeah. And I like I've seen it multiple times, but I always forget like how much they show. They don't show it, but what you see, I like I 
block that out of my memory. I remember so yeah. many other minute details, but that I'm just like, mm, nope. Every single time that I watch it, I forget exactly what you see when it happens, and it's just yeah. And then you got the over, but you have the overhead shot where you have the two things going through it and and the two poles, and just like, oh shit, I know what happened. Well, you, oh, you see real. it behind the seat, like you see yeah. it come through the seat. That's yeah, the see- part that I forget about. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's like, like <laughs> there's blood running out of the car. I noticed uh-huh. that this time. I was like, oh god, oh god, she's covered in blood. But that's how it ends too. You know, she would have been covered in blood in that yeah. opening scene, and she ends up covered in blood at the end. So, so yeah. I I have a question um, because I think that I caught this last time, and I didn't previous viewings, but I'm not sure, and I want like other people's opinion on uh, on if they caught this. Was Juno having an affair? with the main character's husband yes because okay because like at the very beginning yeah i think that justifies what happens later yeah like at Uh, the very beginning he helps juno out of the water not his wife right now she was still in the boat but still yeah he he helps her out of the uh of the boat and he's all making sure she's okay and getting her gear off and all that and then juno's got to look with him so it's set up there but there's a scene um, when they're hanging out in the house where the wife says the, the line that is carved into the, um, I, can't, I can't remember, it's about like love every day or something like that. Um, and and uh, Sean McDonald says, my husband used to say that all the time, love every day. So then when... Um, okay, when yeah, the girl, so I completely when the girl that. Rips, when the girl rips off the, um, the necklace or the, the bracelet that Juno had, and and is holding her hand, and she gives it to uh, uh, Sarah uh, at the end. Sarah opens it up, and she wipes the blood off of it, and it says "Love every day." And you know, at that point, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Juno, and she knows at that point too. That's why the first time she helps Juno out of the water, and and, and she's standing there, and she, you, I know she knows, and Juno yeah. knows, sort of she knows. And then when she drops down the the bracelet at the end when she's got the pickaxe and she just kind of lets go and the bracelet's hanging there and Juno looks at it. Juno knows for real. Okay. She knows. And uh, I'm in some deep shit now because she's covered in blood and, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, some bad stuff's coming my way. Yeah. yeah. So with that, like, okay, the movie is very clearly set up to be, these creatures are real, but it is also very easily set up to these creatures are not real. And, um, was it Sarah? Was that the main character's name? Yeah. Um, that Sarah, once she was in the cave, just lost her shit and started killing everyone. Because, like, they have the line when they're going in of, oh, here's all the things that can happen, blah, 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 yeah. hallucination. You can start blah, hallucinating blah, blah. if you have oxygen deprivation and all that. But I think that pays off the kid visions more than... And, I mean, that's an elaborate fantasy, Gargoyle. <laughs> I'm just saying. Putting that straight degree to big use there. I'm like, just saying really it's possible that these creatures aren't, like, they, they clearly are. Watching the movie, it's not one of those ambiguous, like, oh, were they real or weren't they? Was this dream or was it not? Like, you watch this, like, okay, very clearly real creatures. <laughs> but enough was set up that it <laughs> could have been. I said, it's a lot of bones. It's a lot of bones for a fantasy, man. It's a lot of bones. I mean, if you went crazy and thought that there was some (laughs) crazy monster coming after you to kill you, wouldn't you, like, also picture a lot of bones? I Maybe. Yeah. I'll let you know when he goes (laughs) spelunking. Oh, that'd be great. Like, 
last photo I share on Facebook. Going down into the cave now. <laughs> Kevin never seen again. Just like, I don't know what happened. He lost his mind. Went into a cave. He was an idiot. <laughs> he was hiding from aliens and we never saw him again. <laughs> yeah, Newt, Newt could have made it out of there. It's like... <laughs> The other girls, yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I thought they were real monsters and and uh, an elaborate, you know, underground adaptive adaptation, um, physical adaptation on the on the creatures part. I thought they were well designed creatures, kind of like a a a mutation of a bat, um, except in human form, and so slimy and gross and. uh, I forgot how many close-ups they had of the monsters. And this is like, oh, that's when I started curling up. I was like, ah! The, like and that first jump scare where it's behind her. Uh, yeah. mm. Where they walk away and one's just kind of clinging to the yeah. <laughs> clinging to the thing above them. <gasps> God. So, so earlier when you said that you watched it with the lights off and headphones on, that's how Eric and I also watched it. Yeah. Uh, and as amazing as this, as this movie would be to see in theaters, I'm pretty much sold on the best way to watch The Descent. Just completely dark room, everything off, like put, pull the blackout curtains yes. by yourself, headphones on, and uh, then have someone that you love tell someone else, hey, sneak into that room in about like 30 <laughs> minutes. Oh, that's happened before. Like, it's gotten up to get a glass of water or something, and I'm watching something crazy, and, and I just see this shape moving in front of the TV, and I was like, fuck! <laughs> that's like I, <laughs> that would have happened last night. I might have peed myself. A little. So yeah. when I was watching it, um, like before I started watching it, I, I told Jess because you know was putting the headphones on because I don't want to wake my two month old up with exactly. shrieks and screams. It's like I'm gonna be watching this with my headphones on. It's such a dark movie. I have to have the lights off. If you need to come into the living room to get anything, if you need my help with anything call or text me do not just walk in because i will scream like a little girl <laughs> and wake yeah. up everyone that would have definitely uh, yeah i'm trying to figure out how many times i would have to watch that movie where it didn't terrify you know i don't know i don't know i don't know what the, the magic number would be but whew, man it's intense but even though it's my, my favorite one of all time i think i've been trying to experience more horror and watch more horror so i haven't watched it in maybe two years so, you know, it, it, yeah, I don't know. I, I just went to a panel and, and these guys were talking about their favorite horror movies they'd seen like a thousand times. I'm like, whoa, that's so many. That, I don't that's know. too many times. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I was just kind of like, all right. Um, you know, I was wondering what the magic number would be that, that it didn't scare me. And I don't know if there is one. I think it's because the fear is just so visceral and just so real, like that claustrophobia when she's crawling through. You... you don't have to know that that's what's happening you don't have to know that she's going to be okay you can picture yourself in that situation and like like hyperventilate a little bit just imagining what she's feeling i think that's why you're never going to get past the fear of it is it's just it's too real well that and the the swimming around in the pool of blood and water and who knows what the hell else in there and then oh then the creature comes out obviously poop yeah yeah uh, it's just like (laughs) I was like, oh god! Wait. And uh, the stuff floating on top. There's a scene that the, the one of the creatures that's like something that he secretes from his mouth. So it's like all these mouth drippings and the blood. I was like, and then the yeah, and it's just like a whole lot of. Um, I guess what I what I appreciate in the film is uh, just how much uh, 
violence toward women imagery is in this and they just fight back and they beat the shit out of these things and they yeah. they do the best that they can and it's just you have every there's so many like images of penetration and everything from the sign with the bullet holes through it that they're shooting the car coming's like through that but the bullet holes have it coming this way the stalactites and stalagmites in the in the cave itself just so much of that imagery in there and, and just like not having them you know backing down it's just outnumbered yeah, um, it was just it was tremendously well done. That film is just so tremendously well done. There's Alien so and the Descent would be an amazing pairing as well. What was that? I said Alien and the Descent would be an amazing double oh, feature. Yeah. Oh, nice. yeah, with the imagery and the yeah, yeah. yeah that, I remember uh, with Alien, there was like this big movement because of all the vagina imagery in it that they they wanted to give it like a, an X rating or something. I might be wrong about that, but it's like they thought it was so evocative and, and clearly vaginas that they were like moving through and walking through that that you know they didn't appreciate it as an art film. They thought it was pornography. It's because people are scared of vaginas. They are, yeah, yeah. That's just such a weird logic to me. <laughs> I mean, we can turn this into like a three-hour feminism and horror podcast. Good, uh, actually, yeah, yeah. It's I, I, I do find those, those things in uh, in the descent to be be quite powerful, especially those final battles and just oh man, and just the the imagery in the blood pool and, and her emerging from it and that creature being there. It's like I've forgotten that. I had forgotten that, and that scared the shit out of me last night. Yeah, it, there's so much I, I, I think the more and more I watch it, I'm just going to pick up on more and more stuff and be more coherent in my analysis, I suppose. But it's just, and it's hey, always going to terrify. Wows me on so many levels. It wows me on so many levels. Yeah, and it's and it's going to terrify you every time. I uh, think so. All right, tigers are not afraid, and um, because this one isn't released, um don't want to get into like too many spoilers because yeah. like i i genuinely think that every single person should go see this movie not everyone's gonna like it because god it is a tough tough watch but it is just so it, it is a, a masterful movie and i think that everyone needs to see it and i feel like they need to see it without too much being spoiled so yeah. we can still get into you know some spoilers but let's not let's not go into no, too I, I, much i'm not going to be guilty of any spoilers she hasn't so seen it um i did already say in the review kids die so like that's it's sure. not a spoiler it's just a it's, it's a it's a tough movie yeah, yeah but uh, uh, I, it's so beautifully done in the world itself and uh, have you been to mexico city i've not yeah it, it's uh, it's such a massive place so you just the the the, the enormity of the of the city itself and then the situation that the kids are, are going through in the isolation once again you know it, it's not a horror horror film but it's a horrific situation and all the setups are there for it to be a horror film the uh you know uh, isolation um desperation trying to run away being trapped all those things um and trapped by circumstance uh it, it's just so powerfully done and, and so imaginatively imaginatively written and filmed uh yeah. it's my favorite film of the year yeah, um it is genre. absolutely beautiful you know any any genre across the board i think it, it wipes the mat with with anything that's going to be nominated for an oscar this year but that's just not thing um you know it's it's fantastic Fantastic. Yeah. Well, and, really? and it has the um with the fear of being trapped or powerless you know they're 
they're powerless in their invisibleness. Like it's not like, like you just said, Mexico city is so huge and there's so much going on. So it's not like the cave where they're in this tiny place or like with hush where the entire movie takes place within one house or silent house. You chose a lot of just very isolated places, but like the, the isolation is that we can go anywhere, but we're still going to be invisible. We're still going to be overlooked we have to care for ourselves because no one else will. And like, to me somehow that's even more terrifying because like you're trapped in a house. Yeah. Then you got bad guys after them. It's just like, yeah, it's just, it hits on all sorts of levels. It would be, it'd be a a hard watch Mm -hmm. if they didn't have that extra level of conflict, just them trying to survive on the street being they're eight to 10 years old, you know, and, and, and using their knowledge of the world, um, to the extent that they've experienced it, uh, to try and, and navigate a, an extremely difficult situation. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. But the, yeah, ah, man, I'm, I'm just bumbling around just because I, I love the film so much. Yeah, well, because like you can be trapped in a house, and as soon as you get out of the house, you're safe because you're no longer yeah. trapped. There's nowhere that they can go in this movie that they aren't still trapped in their circumstance. And it, it's just so much more terrifying because it feels so hopeless. And. Yeah. All right, this is not a spoiler, I don't think. Don't say it! It's not a spoiler. Things, <laughs> are, things are set up in such a way that the... Jen's <laughs> <laughs> covering her ears. No, 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 because I, I don't want to get into spoilers. <laughs> things are set up in such a way that the ending is... It's exactly the ending that should happen and... Once the ending is about to happen and you know what's about to happen, like God, when, when I saw it at Chat Film Fest, like when when that final scene was about to happen, just like it hit me like a wave, just like, oh no, 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 yeah. oh, <laughs> it was yeah. so. Yeah. But it's exactly what needed to happen because anything yeah. else I feel like would have been a disservice to how the movie was set up and and just what the movie was about. Yeah, it's a, that that's one. Oh man, I I saw it at Chattanooga too. Did you see it on the big screen there? Yeah. Did you see it? Okay, yeah, that that was. Oh man, it was incredible. Um, but yeah, I guess we saw the same screening. Um, and then uh, I saw it again at Popcorn Frights. Uh, and in that theater, it was a smaller theater, but the sound was incredible. And man, the sound design just just miraculous on that film. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, the, the ending, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I thought it was perfect. And once again, using, using what you have available in order to, to, um, to get that outcome, uh, it, it just, and it just shows how smart kids are. Yeah. You know, I, 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 that's where I take the, the hope away and, and the survival instincts that the kids have. And, and, you know, they're seen as powerless oftentimes, but they, they have a tremendous amount of power, even though they, they can't, um, you know, enact it physically or, or they don't have power in their situation. Um, but they can be, you know, very powerful individuals. And I found that in these characters and, and, and going through something that would crush an adult. Yeah. You know, but they, but it's very newt like, um, the, the characters in this just adapting <laughs> to their situation and being able to survive and, and using the tools at their disposal in order to do that. Um, it's, uh, it's a tremendous film. Yeah, I, I, I want to see a mashup where Newt joins their gang. That, <laughs> oh, awesome. man, they're all militant. She's got, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, let's take the power back. Let's take that gun. Give me that gun is what she would say. Affirmative. <laughs> Affirmative. Yeah. Well, and the, uh, the fantasy element in it, it's so... 
like it's so vital to the film, but it's so minor in its presentation. And like, uh, there's a lot of comparison. Uh, you know, pretty much anyone who talks about it comparing it to to Del Toro. Yeah. And like, I think that is a very accurate comparison because of that. Like, the fantasy plays a huge part, but it's just as powerful without having any of the yeah. fantastical elements. Great. It just gives it that little bit of twist and it, it beautifully done. And yeah. I, I don't well, think also got her a job working with Del Toro, so you know. That, yeah, I, I don't I, think that I will ever talk about that movie without singing its praises and saying just how amazing it is, and like, I, yeah, it is beautiful. Well, hopefully, hopefully, it gets some form of distribution so more people can see it and and uh, gets released on a platform that more people can see it. And you know, I, I can't wait for it to be on disc. I can buy it. And I can watch it again and again. Um, yeah. It's just not back to back. It is not the kind of movie that can be watched back to back because it is. No, I, I was I was a mess coming out oh, of like It was like I was you know I was I was there by myself. You know, I was just kind of kind of watching just like walking out at you know four o'clock in the afternoon, just a blubbering mess. Um, but no, nah, but I went up to the programmers. I was I was like, thank you so much for programming this and you know and putting it out there so I could see it again in a theater. Yeah, you know that's the beauty of film festivals. Is you know you got to see this film. On these great screens and these great, you know, this, this, these theaters are just amazing. Um, that's the way it should be seen, uh, and uh, hopefully more people will get that opportunity because they uh, it deserves it. I, I they, hope so. It yeah. and it's so weird because uh, the director Isa Isa. Yeah, I, I think miss, it's a Lopez. Is a Lopez? Also, yeah. heard Isa Lopez. So I'm not really sure. Yeah, I always stumble over the pronunciation because I'm like, I don't know if it's Isa or Isa. But I S S A Lopez, like the rest of her movies are just kind of like these uh, look like sort of rom com type movies. Yeah. And so it's just so weird looking at her IMDb page and going from all the stuff she had done before to Tigers Are Not Afraid. And yeah, like it is just such a beautiful movie that I want to go back and see the rest of the stuff that she's done just for comparison. And also yeah. I need her to make more horror movies. Not I, want. I need like I need studios, her to make please. more. Yeah. yeah, it's like you find these filmmakers at uh, film festivals, and you're just like, they should make another movie right now. She's uh-huh. one of them. Uh, the director of the uh, of Revenge. That's another one. Do Are another. Yeah, do another movie right now. I just saw um, a short film. I've I've seen it twice now. First time I saw it was at Horrible Imaginings, and it's called Instinct. Uh, and it's an AFI graduate. Um, I believe she's Brazilian. She should make a feature right now. It will be awesome. If you get it's like I, I know you go to some film fest. If you see a short film called Instinct, go check it out. It is absolutely phenomenal. Um, just that's just like hand her a film right now. Just, just, <laughs> just give it to her. Let her do her magic with it because her technique is so good, so good, so imaginative. So well done, and, and her her um, ability to capture tone uh, and present that on the screen is is an underrated abil- ability, and she is blessed with it. And she's captures a tone, represents represents it in the the shots that she chooses, the composition she chooses, the music she chooses, everything. Uh, it's, it was wonderful. Well, I'll just like to keep my eye out for that. Yeah, oh, dude, yeah, check it out. It, it's uh, I'm getting ready to watch it again um, at Nightmares uh, in uh, Columbus, Ohio. I believe it's playing there too. But yeah, I saw it at Horrible Imaginings. I saw it at, uh, at no- uh, NOLA Horror Film Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, just, I got a few more horror festivals that I'm going to. Hopefully, I'll play this. <laughs> Hopefully, at the end of the year, I will have seen it like five or six times because it's, it's incredible. Hopefully, William will pick it up for the uh, Knoxville Horror Film Fest. 
Hopefully, yeah. I, I mean, hopefully it was uh, submitted there. Yeah, because you're going to be covering that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'll be there and watching so much horror that, yeah. October is so much fun. I love horror movies. Um, yeah. Right. We have been rambling on for a very long time. There's still sequence break. We can talk about it just in kind of, you know, singing Graham's praises because he's fun. Um, I mean, he's all right. He's all right. <laughs> I just don't, let's don't get ahead of ourselves here. I mean, all right, yeah, he's, whatever, he, he's okay, I guess. I mean, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I know, he's, yeah, he's, he's awesome. So, uh, yeah, since, um, since we weren't able to do the analysis episode yesterday, and since Eric wasn't able to see Tiger's Not Afraid, we did that one as sort of like a bonus palate cleanser. Yeah. Um, it, nice. Oh really? That movie that movie cleanses your palate. It's all slimy, man. Uh huh. There's a lot of goo. There's a lot of goo in that movie. It was just a gooey movie. <laughs> it's a oh, very gooey like, movie. Yeah. That's your palate cleanser. It's almost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could have been worse. We could have done Dementia Part Two. Um, oh my god. Oh. oh. I love that one. Yeah. So many squishy sounds in that movie. I know. Just, right? oh, we, yeah, we just we just saw dementia um, with an audience. Uh, oh, where was that? Film Quest. Yeah, Film Quest. Yeah. That was a riot. Yeah, oh, it had every gross moment that needed a, a huge response got a response bigger than I'd ever heard. It was yeah. it was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Just yep. And that's what horror should be. Horror should be fun. It should also be terrifying. But yeah, uh, yeah, I I just love all the. You know, all the different varieties of horror movies. Um, all right, yeah, Sequence Break, it's fun. People should watch it. I, I think Graham's a great dude. Definitely looking forward to next week and hearing him talk about going crazy because Sequence <laughs> Break is a bit about going crazy. So, um, and th- there's, there's some being trapped in that, kind of, sort of, ish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I love what he did with uh, the whole, like, it, it, there was a lot of themes of addiction in it. I yeah. mean, like he, this guy just gets totally addicted to this technology. Um, so I, I thought that was pretty cool how he explored that. And, uh, yeah, the whole, the whole setup of the video game thing, the whole 80s vibe with that, I thought was really neat. Yeah, it's a, the, the, the Cronenberg, um, Existence and, <laughs> and, uh, video drone <laughs> feel to it. it was just, just a lot of fun. Yeah, that, I, I have a lot of fun <laughs> watching that movie. Um, and yeah, with that whole like addiction being so tied up in in one's passion, you know, like podcasting daily for yeah. the last yeah. twenty sixty days, days in a row, man. You yeah, just, yeah, you might have to go in the. When, <laughs> is there like a podcast rehab? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna get a very squishy soundboard and just. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, you just like play with the soundboard all day. Calm <laughs> down, Nathan. Put it down. <laughs> But it's fun. <laughs> okay, we probably should bring this to an end. Um, all right, so the two of you have been going to a lot of film fests, um, promoting it, your short Heartless and showing it, and it's been getting a lot of great reviews. And I know that we spent, again, like two hours talking about it last time. Um, but anything else that you can say about it this time, like any uh, any announcements that you couldn't announce last time or just any other uh, shameless self-promotion? Uh, I just, we could talk about some film festivals that we have coming up. Um, we're getting ready to play Women in Horror, um, in Peachtree City, Georgia, right outside Atlanta. Um, we're playing that, uh, I think, uh, 
October the 5th yeah, or 6th? next week. Yeah, it's, it's next weekend. Saturday. Um, and then after that, we're playing ScreenFest in, in L.A. That's on Sunday, October 14th. Um, then after that, I'm going to Nightmares in Columbus. Really excited about that one. Um, they were playing a couple in New York, New York City Horror, uh, at the end of November. And upstate New York Horror, which October. is before, is in October. And then we have our UK premiere at Mayhem Film Festival. Nice. Uh, Saturday, October 13th, 6.45. Yep. Yeah, so we have a we have a, a page that you can check out where it's playing. And in case you're in any of these cities and want to hit these film festivals, it's really, really happy that these are just some tremendous film festivals that we got into and, and uh, the programming across the board um, is just, just really fantastic. So we're really honored that we, we were chosen along with those films and uh, excited to go to as many as I can because I, I meet people like you there and other filmmakers and, uh, you know, you get relationships over time and you get to do podcasts and, and hang out with them and all that. So um, as far as singing the praises, just really, really happy with how it's been received and it's gotten to play all these awesome theaters. But yeah, it's like uh, it's heartlessmovie.com. There's a where to watch uh, section in there, and you can check out all the festivals that's playing and, and upcoming uh, dates and all that. We got a, uh, probably about 15, 20 more to judge, and, and so we'll see how many of those we get into. Um, but yeah, we played 30. We've been accepted into 34 so far. Nice. So, yeah. so we're, we're doing pretty good. Hopefully, once it gets uh, to the end of the Film Fest circuit, hopefully it's available to stream online somewhere because it is a lot of fun, and I think everyone should watch it. Um, oh, all right. Thank you, Nathan. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to be looking into that and, and checking, you know, which which platform that we can use to, to get it out there and get a bunch of eyes on it. Because uh, yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. I, I directed it. I'm partial, um, but uh, yeah, it, 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 I think it's. It's a good time. You, you literally pulled your heart out with that one. So, yeah. I, I did. Literally. I did. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. Um, where where do you want people to follow you? I know that you just said heartlessmovie.com, but uh, like social media, where, where where do you want people to do the whole social media things? Yeah. So uh, our movies and our company both have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. The movie's Heartless Movie, and um, our company is sunshineboyproductions.com. And there are links to all of our social media on both of the websites. And we also have personal accounts, too. So basically, we love chatting with people about film. So please feel free to tweet and post and, and tag us on stuff, and we'll chat back. Yeah, we just went like two hours here talking about <laughs> all, these different, uh, all these different movies. And then I added in like 15 other right. irrelevant movies. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I've talked about a lot of movies today. Yeah. Just have to build another list. Um, all right. Well, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you so much. I always have fun talking to y'all. It's it is just uh, a okay. very, very refreshing experience to actually uh-huh. talk to other people who know and love horror, and just it's a good time. Thank uh, cool, you. man. It's always uh, a blast chatting with you too, man. It's so yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm just glad you uh, you hit me up in Chattanooga and, yeah. and uh, invited me to do that uh, podcast with you. That was That's a lot so of fun. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, now we've done three. I know. <laughs> It's, it's crazy. I almost sound like a professional or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I see, yeah, I was like walking out of Revenge and there was Nathan right there in the in the lobby and, and he yeah. just came up and asked me to I'd just seen Revenge, so I was just like just really stoked up. I was like, Yes, yes, I'll do that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> do all the things except that thing, because I don't want revenged upon. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No. Exactly not that thing. No, no. no. <laughs> Definitely not that thing. That is a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah, awesome, awesome movie though. Yeah, I was very uh, awestruck by that one. So I was, yeah, I was excited to to go out and and make films. 
Well, and Revenge is uh, it's on Shutter now, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. I know the DVD is available, so yeah i'll have to get that oh we won't get that oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh all right so um yeah follow kevin and jennifer they are awesome people watch Aww. the movies that they've done watch feeding time that is available on uh youtube right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's got a ton of yeah and read the comments oh they're amazing yeah, click on this us youtube page where the links to the uh is on our websites as well and also feedingtimemovie.com yeah, the, the comments for the YouTube are just hilarious. Yeah, you gotta scroll down and check out what people are saying about the. I know they really take Stacy to task in that. They I do. just I get I get my bag boat up a little yeah. bit because I don't know <laughs> what I would do. Yeah. You know, everybody's just we've seen so many horror films that we've seen like people escape from things so many times, or they just like everybody seems to know exactly what to do in like this. You know, your life is in like peril situation. And I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. You know, everybody's like, oh, I would have gotten out of the house at this point. I would No, you wouldn't have. No, no, you're not that smart. You just see a lot of horror movies and you just want to hold this uh, teenage girl, you know, like hold her accountable. For, I don't know. I just, I just, so the comments on there are just so instructional on how to get out of, so it's just, but then they're hilarious at the same time. Some of the phrasing that she uses, it's like, they're just hilarious. So I don't know. Yeah. Check those out. Check out the film. Maybe you have some opinions about how she should have navigated the situation a little bit. So, uh, I don't have opinions. Well, I do have opinions, but I'm going to keep them to myself. But I do have a suggestion for your next horror short. Oh, okay. Here we go. How to survive a horror movie based off of all the things that people post in the comments on YouTube. (laughs) And make every single one of them end up just terribly. So, you know, just like a bunch of, um, like I'm picturing kind of like the... um, uh, I want to say Edward Gorey, where it's the like A is for the acid, which ate Amy's yeah. face or whatever. So like doing it like that, where it's just like a bunch of tiny little segments of, oh, this is how you survive this thing. And then show it's, someone doing it and just dying miserably. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a choose your own adventure and every ending is just trash. <laughs> like worse. It's like. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, go out the back door, back door, chainsaw. <laughs> it's like, uh, that would yeah. be awesome. Just, oh, I'd yeah. be running out the house right then, and the parents are out there just, like, axed to the face. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Take that, Joel, 66 at Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that, so make that happen. Uh, <laughs> that's ridiculous. All right, uh, that's been it for this episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I've had an absolute blast talking to Kevin and Jennifer. Watch their films. Uh, if you ever get a chance to meet them, talk to them. They're great people. If you don't ever meet them, follow them on social media. They're a lot of fun. And um, yeah, go enjoy some horror movies. If you have a chance to make it out to any film fests, do that. Uh, the two that I can recommend immediately because, you know, they're close. Frightening Ass Film Fest in Chattanooga and Knoxville Horror Film Fest in Knoxville because that one is just an absolute blast. Um, Women in Horror Film Fest also looks amazing and it's, you know, close enough. I just haven't had a chance to get down to that one yet. Um, but yeah, especially if you're in the South, go to some horror film fests. You don't think of the South as like a good film fest circuit, typically, but it, it is surprisingly good and like growing a lot. So get out there, enjoy some horror movies. And if you can't make it to any film fest, at least get together with friends and watch horror movies because they're a blast. So yeah, that that's been it for this episode of the <laughs> I'm going to stumble over my words because I almost <laughs> made it to the end. 
that's been it for this episode of the gargoyle podcast i'm nathan aka the gargoyle thank you once again kevin and jennifer hey thank you man this is awesome okay bye (laughs) 